for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Brittany McLean. How's it going today, Brittany? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I couldn't believe my voice cracked. That threw me off so bad. Like, oh, wow, that was so funny. But uh, first off, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited to sit down and get to know more about you and this really cool projects, project that you're a part of um, with some friends of ours, Rachel Selleck, Dom, you know, all them guys. And I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you about that. But before we dive into that, and everything else you got going on. Um, can you give everybody, for the people that maybe aren't familiar with who you are or haven't heard your music before, can you kind of give us an introductory or an origin story about yourself, what got you into music, stuff like that? Absolutely. So um, I'm Brittany McClam, and I am originally from a small town in North Carolina called Salemburg, um, has less than about 500 people. Um, and I grew up initially um, dancing, uh, like most little girls do. I took ballet, jazz, tap, um, all of that. And I think it was probably like, I think it was like my third grade. I was like around 10 years old. Um, I was at elementary school and our teacher was passing around a paper that was talking about a school pageant. And um, it was called the Little Miss Salenberg pageant. Well, I'd never been in a pageant. All I knew was, is that there was a crown involved. And so I brought it home and I told my mom, I want to be in this. I want to win a crown. And she's like, okay. So um, I didn't win the first year. I was in it a couple of times. And then finally I won the pageant and got my crown. But uh, when I got ready to give the title up, we have to like get the title up um, so that someone else can win it. you have to do a talent. And my mom, I think, just assumed that I was going to do a dance routine because that's what I'd always done. Um, But for whatever reason, we were driving the car one day and my favorite song came on the radio, which was If You're Not In It For Love by Shania Twain. And I just burst it out with, I wanna sing this. And she was kind of shocked and she was like, you wanna sing this for the pageant? And I was like, yes. So um, we put the wheels in motion and I got the whole outfit, you know, the fringe, the cowboy boots, cowboy hat. Um, I learned the song, made up my own little dance routine to it, um, performed it. And as soon as I finished, you know, it was at our local elementary school and um, in the auditorium, it's like the crowd just was, they were shocked and they were laughing, not, sorry, not laughing. They were um, like whistling and clapping and all of the above. And I was just like, this is amazing. Like it was the best feeling ever. And at that point, I just knew I wanted to do that. I wanted to do more of that. So um, 
of course, <laughs> my mom made that happen. Um, I was in probably every talent show um, contest, uh, sang at every festival around our little area. Um, any chance that there was a need of a talent or an act, my mom would made, she made sure I was there. Um, and then I started recording in a studio um, around, I guess it was 10, 11, 12, um, cover songs. And I made a couple of demo CDs. And um, I think it was when I was in middle school, around eighth grade, I met a lady named Patsy Bell Cox. And she's like, what well, she passed away now, but um, she was an industry veteran. So a music industry veteran, she knew everybody in the music industry here in Nashville. Um, and my mom, her boss owned Nashville Nightlife, which was at the time a very popular um, music venue. And Patsy would bring talent to his venue. So he, you know, he got us together and we met, I flew to Nashville um, with the talent agency that I was in um, and met up with her. And um, she believed in what I was doing and the path I was, you know, on, but she wanted me to go to college. And she said, once you graduate college, then call me back and we'll see, we'll assess the situation. So I did, I went to college and when I graduated, I went to one job interview and on the way home, I called my mom and I was like, I'm moving to Nashville, let's call Patsy. Yeah. And so called Patsy and that's, that's, I moved here in 2007 and nice. I've been here ever since. Nice. So you, 13 years been in Nashville and loving yes. it. Love it, yes. Nice. Uh, where'd you end up going to school or college, Virginia? I went to East Carolina University. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Oh, and uh, would you uh, study there? Social work. Social work. Yeah, <laughs> completely opposite from music or anything like that. But uh, I've always loved kids, and uh, that's what it was. Social work with a cert certification with um, schools. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, there, there, there's probably an opportunity to flip that into something down the line, at, like while staying in music. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so, um, so you moved uh, to Nashville in 2007, um, from there, did, were you already like looking at, or were you, before you moved to Nashville, were you already doing like live gigs and performing shows or was it until, was it not until Nashville that you started doing that? Yeah, it wasn't really till Nashville. I stopped doing that while I was in college. Um, I did, for whatever reason, I just focused on school and didn't do anything with music. And I still sang some places, but not like I had been doing. Um, once I graduated and once I moved here, um, Patsy introduced me to um, Billy Block and he had a show called The Billy Block Show. And I became his um, production intern. And so um, from that, um, I started performing on his show. And so, you know, that's kind of how I met a band that I had. I don't I still have the same band, but we are all still friends. Um, you know, we've all moved in and out of different parts of our lives since then. Um, but those guys were the foundation of me starting the performing out, you know, performing for audiences, performing for songwriters nights. Um, they are the, the people I first started writing with. 
So that was a big, I guess, stepping stone in my career is just um, meeting Billy and him, you know, being his intern and being on his show and um, having that wealth of contacts. Um, yeah. Awesome. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. You got involved with this it, it's considered a charity single, right? Is, is it that kind of like the phrasing we're going with it? Yeah, yep. it's a charity single. Okay. I, I, I wasn't quite sure how we were wording it, but that yet. Yeah. Uh, so basically, it's uh, an original that you uh, wrote, worked with, worked on with a group of musicians. It's called I Won't Forget to Miss You. Um, you, you worked with a bunch of friends of the podcast, like I mentioned earlier, Rachel, Dom, and a bunch of the musicians involved we've also had on the podcast. So how did you uh, originally start getting involved in this project? And like, uh, how far, or yeah, how did you originally get involved? Let's start there before we go any deeper. Okay. Um, yeah, well, you know, I've, um, I've never met Rachel or Dom, but um, I know Rachel obviously through social media and um, I have been on Dom's podcast before um, and we've all kind of kept in touch through social media. Um, and I think it, I, I was actually in England. Um, my boyfriend lives there. And so I was over visiting him when I got a message from Dom and he was asking if I would be interested in doing, have, being a part of a collaboration song. And of course that struck my interest because I've never been a part of a collaboration song before. Um, but I love the idea of it, you know, um, anything when you have multiple vo voices on a track and you have harmonies going on, like that's right up my alley. So I was like, yeah, I'm interested totally. Um, I want to hear the song, you know, and tell me more. And that's when he went on to say that I think they were looking at a couple of different charities at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, they, and, uh, inevitably they chose mind, which I think was wonderful. Um, and so, yeah, he sent me the track. I took a listen and Aiden was in the car with me and he's like, Ooh, what's this? And I was like, well, um, Dom has asked if I want to be a part of this track. And he's like, yeah, this is cool. And, uh, so yeah, I, I wrote back immediately and said, absolutely count me in. And it's for charity. <laughs> yeah, duh. You know, I totally in. So, um, from the get go, I was just excited to have even been, been thought of. Mm -hmm. be asked yeah. to be a part of it absolutely absolutely and so did what obviously you're performing on the track did you write your part or did somebody else kind of write everything and then like how how is like everything was structured as far as creativity goes and how did that kind of all play out um so um tyler wrote the track okay. and um I think he did all the production work as well. Okay. Um, he did all that on his end prior to sending it to all of the artists. Um, so, which was kind of ironic because I totally, if you listen to the lyrics of the song, I can totally relate to the song very oddly because, you know, it's talking about being away from someone who's so far away. And that's kind of my position right now. My, my boyfriend's in England and I'm here and, COVID, <laughs> you know, we can't really be with each other right now. So, um, you know, it, it definitely hit home. He, he hit the, the nail on the head 
I think that's the saying. Um, when he wrote this one, I think a lot of people can relate to it um, in many different ways. Um, but yeah, so he, he wrote the track, produced the track, and then each artist, we, they already had it separated out. Like they sent us a lyric sheet and it had our names by the lines that we were to sing. Yeah. And, uh, but Tyler was the one who sang the demo. So that kind of gave us a reference point. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and then we just kind of made it our own. We all just kind of like put our own little, um, yeah, your own little twist and twist to it. Yeah. Cause it, it's always interesting to see how people attack a massive project like this when you have roughly almost 10 people involved on any yeah. given aspect of the production. It's just kind of like, all right, how do we attack this? How do we, how do we make it make sense? And so the fact that they gave like one person like, okay, you're going to just write the song and then we'll just kind of break it up and see where we, uh, we uh, see people participating. Uh, right. you know. uh, how long has this been in the works? How long ago did they reach out to you to do this? Um, it's been a couple months. Okay. I think, let's see. I was in England uh, at the end of August. Okay. So it's been since then. Um, which actually the turnaround time has been fairly quick. If you think about, you know, sending a track out to that many people, them learning it, them recording it, then them sending it back, <laughs> then mixing, mastering. It's actually been a really quick process. Um, and my boyfriend, Aiden Thompson, he's actually the one, um, he ended up mixing it. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I've been able to, um, unlike some of the others, see like behind the scenes of mm -hmm. like the process. And um, yeah, I just, I think it's a great song. I think it, Tyler did a wonderful job writing it and um, the production work on it. And um, yeah, excited for everybody to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've had a chance to listen to it before everybody else has and it, it's a really good song so i'm really excited to see how people react and how you know and hopefully yeah. it helps raise a lot of money for the yes uh for mind uh which is a mental health charity correct absolutely yes um do you have any have you ever done any work f with mind before or is it just the importance of mental health this day and age that just kind of spoke yeah to I've never done any work with mind, but I am all about what they stand for. You know, I think mental health is sorely overlooked um, in our world mm -hmm. and it's something that's, ex it's extremely important and there should be multitudes of places for people to be able to reach out to and seek help and have people to talk to um, that need it. And there's, in my opinion, just not enough of that. And, um, yeah, like you said, I hope we raise tons of money for them. And um, I personally, I mean, I've dealt with, you know, highs and lows, um, especially being in the music industry. I think we all have at some point. Um, and then, of course, through all this through COVID, you know, being stuck in the house, cooped up, you know, um, I lost a job during this, you know, I had a change transition into a different job. Um, so it's been a wild ride emotionally, um, just like ha it has been for everybody. Um, so I I'm all about it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. And especially for musicians specifically, because it's, um, it's one of those things where, and I've talked, I used to talk about this a lot, but I, I haven't so much anymore. And shame on me because we should have, it should come up in almost every conversation. You know, it's 
one of those things where musicians need to find that coping mechanism because depending on how often you play, whether it's once a month, once a week, once a day, you know, however often you perform a live show, you're making yourself so emotionally vulnerable and open that not everybody, not every musician has the ability to cope with that and kind of handle that, that they do different things, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, whatever their vice is, that it's not always the healthiest way to cope with, you know, just absolutely. And then of course you've got the whole mentality of social media and like that whole aspect of everything. And then like, just performing those songs and making yourself so emotionally open and then having to immediately, instead of taking two seconds to kind of collect yourself and like, I'm okay. You've either got to, you're like a show pony. You've got to jump into the next one or yep. you've got to jump into PR mode because people want photo. You know, it's just yes. like a lot of this men- mental mind games. Yes. That it's not a everybody, yeah. That not everybody knows how to handle and so like mental health needs to be like number one priority yes absolutely for a lot of musicians yes and and and, you know i think some people kind of sometimes may not have the courage to reach out to those folks but you know i just wish everyone would know that if that's a safe place that you know that's what it's there for and it's okay you know to reach out and, and seek help um and, you know, I know other people, and my boyfriend has a brother who suffers with um, mental health issues. And mm-hmm. so it's definitely a, a close um, subject to me, um, not just personally, but through him as well. So um, it's, it's such an, such an important um, thing is to have a program and a charity for folks that need it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so like like we've said hopefully this song really helps and is really able to shine some light on an organization that's there to help mental health yes in in the most basic of terms right (laughs) Uh, so the single is getting ready to release here on the 27th which is the day after thanksgiving here in america right Right? Mm -hmm. yes pandemic (laughs) has made me lose all track of time like i'm sitting here like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, what day is it now <laughs> yeah. so it, it's releasing on friday what's kind of going through your head right now as you're about three days or so from it releasing um i think it's just the anticipation you know um I, i'm excited to see you know what we can give back to mind but i'm also excited for folks just to hear what we've worked on you know coming together um, bringing our, all of our voices onto one track for a good cause and just to see like the response, you know, especially since I've never been a part of anything like this before. So um, it's kind of exciting. So um, yeah. And just hoping everyone likes it. Yeah, <laughs> I think they will do. Yeah. Um, so it, like, I mean, in theory, there shouldn't be much of a difference between this release and like one of your personal releases. But are you guys 
planning on doing any like sort of a live stream or a live chat? Are you get, do you guys have anything special planned for Friday for the release or is it just kind of everybody's got their own little things planned? You know, I'm not really sure, honestly. And I think I know- Dom's probably going to answer because he's in the chats right now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, I'm not even, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even signed into that. Um, yeah, he would definitely be the one that would know all about those things. I know we're coming together in a collaborative effort to um, help push it um, again and keep it to people's, the forefront of their minds so they don't forget about it. Because, you know, here in America, it's holiday. Thir- I mean, day after tomorrow is a holiday, you know. So, um, yeah, just making sure everyone is aware um and they don't if they don't want to buy the song they can just donate to uh, mind directly and you know they don't have to purchase a song however i would like for them to i'd like for everybody to yeah. um but uh and you can do both you can buy the song and you can donate yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh yeah definitely dom chime in on that <laughs> yeah absolutely i'm sure but then again i know it's already pretty late it's probably it's like what two in the morning in the uk right now yeah, it is pretty late there. <laughs> I, I did want to touch on that, though, a little bit. You actually went over to the UK in August? I uh, did, yes. I'm very, well, je- I'm very <laughs> jealous, A, because everything that's going on that people actually are able to get out and travel. But it's not a foreign thing because I know several people from, like, Australia that went home for a while during the pandemic and then, like, come August – when school was coming back in session, they came back. And I'm like, how are you guys doing this? Like, I haven't, like, every time I try and do something like that, they're like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> well, no, that um, no one said that, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, I was kind of going back and forth. I was supposed to go in April. And of course, that's like, when everything was just hitting the fan. Um, and I rescheduled to May, then I rescheduled to July, then I, I was like, okay, I don't know when to reschedule to. And so I was just kind of, I was getting a a bit frustrated because, you know, I hadn't seen my boyfriend since January. Mm -hmm. And when August came, it had been nine months. And um, that's the longest we've been without seeing each other. And so I was talking with someone, I think it was at the hair salon. And I was telling her, I was like, I'm kind of scared to travel. You know, obviously I would do, take all the precautions um, that we're supposed to do. I was like, but I just want to see him. Like, what if my mom had COVID and almost died? So that whole thing scared me to death and made me think, what if something happened to me or what if something happened to him? And I, we don't get to see each other again. So, you know, with just all the craziness and the up in the airness, you know. And so um, my, the person that I was talking with at the hair salon, they were like, you know, just just go for it. All you can do is try and if you get turned away then you get turned away and she's like you only have one life and um you just be as careful careful as you can be and so i was like you know what i'm gonna do that <laughs> um and it's crazy because as soon as i got back i think a week and a half later yeah. they went to lockdown oh, wow. and so yeah. yeah so it was like perfect timing and Good. i got you're a week and a half away from being stuck in the uk right (laughs) which i honestly wouldn't have minded but um your job may have minded been like um, my bank account may have minded (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. Oh, so David in the chat asks a very uh, uh, a question, and I'm going to go ahead and ask it. Uh, after doing this collaboration, do you think you'll do more in the future, cross continental oh, yes. like that? Like if another opportunity like this approaches itself? Absolutely. Yes. Awesome. I love that the whole idea of um, collaborating with other artists, and the more the better. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will give credit to Dom and Rachel. I've tried to do very similar things, just, you know, with like when the um, the whole George Floyd thing uh, came to light and like all that happened, I had an idea of doing something very much similar. And it is so hard to get one musician on the same page as you, let alone seven. Yeah, you know, so it it was it's a very tough undertaking, and yes, well, and it says a lot about Dom and Rachel, you know, their organization, their determination, you know, picking awesome artists who they knew that would be up for the um, up for the task, and um, yeah, and two, you know, when you know that you're doing something for a great cause, it just it's an easy yeah, you know, it's an easy yes. So, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, like, like we'd mentioned, this song comes out Friday and you're going to push it to the moon. We'll help you push it to the moon. You know, hopefully it'll, it'll um, do a lot of great things for a lot of people. But you've also got your own personal project going on. You're releasing a Christmas single, an Oh Holy Night cover. Yes. Which is awesome. I'm, I always love it when musicians do something very seasonal like this. Like, yeah, it sucks because it's like, well, it's only good for like six weeks out of the year, you know, and yeah. you put all this time and effort into it. But once you have it, yes. it's good for yes. six weeks a year for the rest of your musical uh, career. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, Christmas, okay, I'm, my birthday is December 23rd. So I'm a Christmas baby. And Christmas, I love it. It's my, my favorite holiday, as you see. I have a tree over here, and I have all the decor downstairs. But um, I just love the festiveness. I love all of the traditional, classic Christmas music. Um, don't get me wrong. I like some of the new stuff, too. But I'm, I'm the old, traditional, classic Christmas music girl. Mm. Um, and so, Oh Holy Night has always just been my favorite song to sing. Um, when it came time for Christmas. So, and every year it just seems like Christmas creeps up on me and I always intend to record a Christmas single. And I always, it gets here and I'm like, crap, I ran out of time. <laughs> like, I don't have time to do this. But this year I planned ahead and um, I was like, I'm making this happen one way or the other. Yeah. So uh, that's what I did. Yep. Right. And, and I, I fall under the same trap, like every year I have this idea of doing 25 solo acoustic videos with various musicians from wherever I'm at. And every year, November 15th, it's like, oh, hey, we should get started on this. Oh, crap. I have 15 days to get this together. Right. And then it's like trying to find musicians that have like a cover and it's not 25 versions of silent night right you know it's just kind of like but 
this year we're making another run at it. I kind of wish I had my set built because it's going to be like a big old Christmas tree with some really cool light set up. And I, I started building it over the weekend and everything collapsed on itself. Oh no. And I was just like, all right, well, I got to go buy stronger material. Yeah. Oh, well, but I was really hoping to have it set up, but it just, it, it'll be ready. Like, by Friday, I think, is where what I'm heading for. Yeah. So, but no, that's really cool. Um, and then how long, um, how long ago did you uh, record Oh Holy Night? Like, what was that kind of process like? Um, so it was, I think it was about a month or so ago. Um, I recorded it um, from home. And so Aiden, whom I've mentioned now several times, um, he we have this whole setup that we do. Um, we get on Zoom, share a screen, and he does the whole engineering of it all while I'm singing. Um, and then he just takes it and does the, he did the production of the track and um, mixes it, masters it. And I have a, a good friend here um, that used to play guitar for me, um, Mark Lonsway, and he's also um, a studio engineer mixer, um, and I have him to sing my background vocals. He's amazing, um, and so he sang on my last, my wanted acoustic track, and so um, I had him sing on this with me again, and he just always knocks it out of the park, and so um, I sent his vocals to Aiden, and then um, he just did it on his end, and I was Again, we got back on Zoom when he was um, mixing and I was checking, you know, to make sure it was the way I wanted it to sound. Um, Cause he kind of, you know, he played guitar on it and he put kind of the track together from what I had said, but you know, being across an ocean, sometimes things can get lost in translation. So he kind of built it and then I listened and told him what to add and take away and um, things like that. So. I'm very pleased with the way that it turned out. It's definitely what I was imagining. So <laughs> I'm excited about it. That, you know, that's always good. Like when it turns out the way you thought it would, or you hoped it would, that's, yeah. that's all that matters. So <laughs> since November has been a very busy month for you, what do you have planned for December? Um, not a whole lot. Uh, I'll probably do a couple live streams. Well, okay. one I have, that I'll be doing for sure um, with live country sessions. Um, I think that's the 17th. I don't have my December calendar up yet um, to remind myself. <laughs> I have to keep like sticky notes. If you were to see the other side of this screen, you see like a million sticky notes, everything up like stuck to the wall um, to try to keep me organized. Um, but yeah, I'm doing um, a Christmas festival with live country sessions. Um, and I'll probably end up booking one or two other um, Christmassy type live streams, but I go home for Christmas too. So um, I always leave before my birthday so that I'm home for my birthday and for Christmas. So um, that don't only gives me a couple of weeks um, of that I'm here in December. Yeah. So um, yeah. And, you know, typically it's kind of a bummer this year because I love Christmas parties. Yeah. I, and I have friends that host the most awesome Christmas parties and it's like a, a yearly thing mm -hmm. um so i guess that'd be what an annual christmas yeah. party um and they have like bluegrass band that comes and sets up and plays and all the food that you can think of 
um, y'all, everybody dresses up in like um, holiday um, outfit type things, red, green, you know, and it's just fun. I, I just love the festiveness. And of course, it's, I'm doing that this year. But yeah. that, that is the one thing that I do kind of miss about uh, where I grew up, up in uh, Chicago was uh, there was always something whether it was like school related functions or work related functions or you know just extracurricular and then of course any like the family stuff it was just like at least twice a week for three weeks straight in december it was like we've got something to go to we got something to do you know and it was it was always fun and then you know you grow older and you move away and it's just kind of like oh oh well you know yeah (laughs) yeah but you know, hopefully next year, people won't take for granted their ability to go out and kind of socialize. Yes, absolutely. But um, so I want to be respectful of your time. Um, with the year kind of wrapping up and COVID, everything kind of being pandemic pending, do you have uh, plans of going back out to the UK? Or is that still kind of yes, no, maybe? What are kind of your plans moving forward? Um, I do, actually. And I booked my ticket uh, last week. (laughs) Um, I don't know, of course, it all is just I book it and it's just up in the air. Mm -hmm. So I always make sure that whatever airline I book it with. um, Your traveler's insurance? Yeah, that it's like I can either cancel, get my money back or just book a different date, you know. Um, but I, I currently have it for New Year's. Okay. To head back to um, Yorkshire. Uh, so, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, the pandemic has calmed down. You know, we've got the talk of all the um, everything, yeah, the vaccines and all that stuff going around. So I hope that it's better, especially there with their um, with them being on lockdown right now. I hope uh-huh. that's lifted and yeah. doesn't come back into effect. Yeah, absolutely. Is, have you had a, have you played any shows over in the UK at all? Or? I have. Yeah. Um, I've played several there um, in the past, I think, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had others planned when the pandemic hit. <laughs> so I had to cancel those. But um, I did this, when I was there in August, at the end of August, I did a live stream, which was fun because I've never had, you know, all the live streams that I've been doing have all been from here, you know, and so to be able to do a live stream there was kind of a a cool thing. And, um, you know, Aiden was able to play guitar with me, um, which he's obviously the one who's played for me when I've played um, shows in England, but um, it was, you know, a more casual living room kind of feel. And um, that was just a cool little thing to be a part of. Nice. That's a, what's been uh, the hardest thing about doing the live streams for you? Um, hardest thing. Well, I don't really, I think probably the hardest thing is getting used to no applause and not being able to see everybody. That um, is the number one answer I get. That is the yeah. number one answer. Because, you know, it's, I, I like performing from home just because you can, just it's just more relaxed and more comfy, yeah. I guess, um, and it feels more of like a private show. Yeah. I guess, 
But yeah, it, the first time I did it, it was so weird to me because it was just crickets. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, so I'm, you have to rely on the comments to see if people are, are like still there, or if they're asleep, or if they're hating it. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, yeah, I had a friend that her, their idea for the live stream was to just completely treat it like they're just jamming in their room and complete like turn their computer on, turn the stream on, get it up, and then just completely forget about the live stream that it's like an actual thing that's happening. So they, yeah. they sat there and played for like an hour and it was like a very real and authentic thing. Except the first time they tried like once they got like everything figured out, it worked. But the first time they did it, the stream died. Oh no. Like, <laughs> and you know, it's one of those things where it's just like they didn't know that no. the died because they weren't paying attention. Like they weren't paying attention to it, and it's just kind of oh. like so they're playing, they're getting all the practice, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's to a- no one. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, you played and you thought you were doing, you know, you you thought you were uh, you thought you were playing in front of a crowd, and maybe next time you'll actually. Uh, Pay attention to what, yeah. you know. And actually have a crowd. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's, it's so, it's, well, it's not funny, but it's always interesting because you don't think about stuff like that because it's like, you, it, like taking, uh, taking for granted again, the fact that you have a crowd there playing because it's like, okay, you play, you play, you play, you do an awesome song or you do an awesome performance or whatever. They applaud great, you go into the next song and you've kind of got your routine around. And then what yeah. live streaming did was it threw everybody on full tilt because it's like, okay, take that applause away. Now, how good are you? Like right. it made everybody not question themselves, but kind of reevaluate what they were doing. So, well, and you know, if you think about it, um, when you have that applause, um, that immediate like gratification, mm-hmm. that kind of fills the gap in between the next song and so you have to say something and you, or you just go straight into the next song but when you're doing a live stream you don't have that mm-hmm. to kind of bridge the songs yep. Yep. so it kind of makes the artist better at I guess transitioning and um, talking to the folks on the other side of the screen yep. um, and it, it like, and I mean, if you're uh, like really prepared, it kind of gives people on the other side a, an opportunity to like really get to know you because it's right. like, it, it, it's like uh, early on during the pandemic, we did this thing called the jam session where it was like, okay, you perform an original and then you talk about it. And then, you know, like whatever that's about, we kind of parlay it into another part of your career. And then we introduce the next song and that's kind of the ebb and flow of the entire thing. Right. And that's ultimately what live streams end up needing to be. Like if you watch people that do it consistently or all the time, you know, it's, oh, hey, you know, you start building these relationships with these fans or the people watching. So it's like, almost a completely different experience on a live show yes yeah and you can talk to them during it which is kind of cool yeah um you know you don't it's not like you have to stick to the regimented song after song you can uh, take a break and chat with them and then play another song which you know when i was doing the 
the live stream in England, um, it was kind of cool because, um, of course, I recognize some of the people that were there, mm-hmm. and it's some of the ones who've been at on for some of my other live shows, and um, so it's kind of cool to chat with them, and then also the ones that were from England, when I'm usually here, they're there, but I was actually there on their time zone. So yeah, it, it was a really cool thing, except for at the end, that thing that you're talking about with the other band, <laughs> our Wi-Fi went out. Yeah. And so I was like going all into this, thank you so much y'all you know, for being here. And then boop, went out. Yep. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I didn't even finish ending the show. Yep. <laughs> it was just, it was good, it was done. Yep. It, it- it happens, and it's very unfortunate when it does, because it's just kind of like, oh, that's terrible. That makes me feel yeah. bad, you know. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. So um, when you're not doing music, when you're just kind of taking time for yourself, what are some of your hobbies? Hmm. So I love to decorate. Um, I love gardening when it's warm outside. Um, that's probably one of my favorite things to do um, is just work and do things in the yard, mm-hmm. uh, planting flowers, um, all that, in, all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. I love listening to music. I love watching Netflix. What's your uh, current Netflix show you're watching? Oh, okay. So I really love um, The Crown. I finished that last um, season, but you know, I watched the preview for The Queen's Gambit and I was like, I don't know, but then everybody kept talking about it and I watched it and that was so good. Nice. Unbelievably good, you know. That's the one about the chess one? It's about about chess or whatever? Yes. That actress, I don't remember her name, but she's amazing. Nice. She's so good in that role. Nice. I am waiting for the sequel to Christmas Chronicles to come out. Okay. That's because uh, I really liked the first movie, and the sequel was supposed to come out last week, according to Google, but <laughs> it didn't. So it's like I have no idea when it's coming out now. So I'm okay. just kind of like, okay. But well, surely it has to be soon. I mean, with Christmas yeah. coming out. You, I'm, I'm kind of thinking it'll be Thanksgiving morning because that's when the first one released was. Uh, it was like two years ago or something. Okay. So, you know. But other than that, I got, uh, I live in Waco, Texas. And so like the anniversary of the whole Waco siege and all that stuff, Netflix released the Waco series. So I watch that pretty regularly. And then I also watch um, Ozark. Oh, yes. I love Ozark. Yes. I didn't start watching that until, actually, I was on a back in or when did I go to Kentucky August I was in Kentucky in August visiting my family because they were like hey we can't go to Chicago because reasons and it's too far for everyone to meet us in Florida so let's just all meet in Kentucky because it's like the happy medium for everyone and one night we're just sitting there my dad's like have you guys watched Ozark and I'm like no oh you gotta watch Ozark it's amazing he puts on the first episode. He falls asleep five minutes in. My mom falls asleep five minutes in. And my sister and I are just kind of looking at each other like, I thought the show was supposed to be amazing. And <laughs> they're both asleep in five minutes. 
And so I'm just kind of sitting there watching it. And then I end up falling asleep just because it was at that point, it had to be like 1130 at night. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I'm so tired. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm actually paying attention right now. And then the next yeah. morning, we turned it back on and it was like, oh, this is actually really good. And I think I'm halfway through season three right now. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, yeah. I tried to binge watch it. And then I was just like, no, season three was getting a little weird and kind of hard to comprehend, like watching show after show. And so I was like, yeah. okay, I got to pull it back a little bit and just kind of digest everything. Yeah. You know, that binge watching, that is, that is a tricky thing because some of those shows, I, it's like, I can't stop watching. Yeah. I literally have to force myself to go to sleep. It'll be like one in the morning mm-hmm. and I'll still be sitting there barely can hold my eyes open, but I'm like determined to finish the episode. Yeah. And I'm like, who in, whoever invented this, they just ruined us because now when a show comes out and it's like um, one show every Sunday or something, I'm like, nope, nope. we're just gonna have to wait till it's all out because I, I don't have time for this. <laughs> yep, I, I did this. Um when the Chappelle show came out on Netflix, it was out for a little bit. And then I think they just recently took it down. Um, when I first saw it come out, I was like, I haven't watched the Chappelle show since it stopped airing. And one night I got done with work. I had just gotten off a podcast. And I was like, I'm going to turn it on. I'm going to watch. And before I knew it, I was wrapping up season two. It was four in the morning. Okay. And I'm like, I have to go to bed. I have to be up and at work at eight. Oh no! <laughs> and, well, I mean, right now, the pandemic. It's like I have to walk twelve feet from my bed to this chairs to be okay. at work. So it wasn't like yeah. a. I have to be like in an office setting. Gotcha. That would have been really bad, but yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, but so Christmas. Obviously, coming up, I think I read 31 Days Away Christmases. Oh, gosh. Big, yeah. Big, 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 exciting times. You got your Christmas uh, cover coming out here on the 30th. Yes. And then, of course, you've got the collaborative uh, song, charity song for Mind, I Won't Forget to Miss You. I keep thinking I'm saying that wrong just because like the, the, uh, like the EPK or like the press kit thing they gave me, they put the, um, like the album art and the font is written a little weird and I just keep misreading it. But then I look at it and I'm like, Nope, I'm saying it right. So, um, what is your favorite Christmas memory? Hmm. Oh yeah. This is easy one. So when I was little, um, I had a fascination with cars and I had a million, well, not a million, like literally, but it just seemed like I have a a ton, let's just say that, of matchbox cars and Hot Wheels. And I would play with them like on a little mat and I dreamed of like driving. I just wanted to drive. Hmm. And so my parents, we live where we live at or where I lived at. Um, there's a lot of fields behind our house and my grandma lived two doors down. And so she had a huge field behind her house and then her neighbor had like this long dirt road. And I was like, "Ah, we should get a golf cart. So my dad, um, 
he had gotten this old beat up used golf cart. I think it was a three wheeler actually was the first one I got. Um, he had gotten that at some point, but it had so much trouble. It wouldn't stay charged. And mm -hmm. anyway, so we got rid of it, but I missed being able to drive. And so we had been to, um, we had been looking around and this is probably, this was an, when I was in elementary school. Um, and so we went to this place that sold golf, like new golf carts, and they let you test drive them like you would do a car. So they had them all parked out like a parking lot, you know, like a car dealership. And you picked the one that you wanted to test drive. And they had all these cemented roads and you could just test drive it down all these roads. And uh, so we did that. I picked the green one that I liked and we rode it. My parents were like, I don't know. We'll think about it, you know. So we left. Well, they, it, we didn't mention it anymore. It was kind of like, maybe we'll, we'll keep looking around, you know. Well, Christmas morning comes and I've opened all my presents and I'm, of course, thrilled with everything I got. But the last thing we always, my mom gives us is a stocking, mm -hmm. which typically just has like some candy in it and yeah. maybe like a small trinket or something. And um, I always flip it, the sock over and like shake it and get everything to come out. And when it did, a, a pair of keys fell to the floor. And I was like, what is that? And I picked it up and it had a little, it was like the, the little keychain thing with the key had a little golf cart. And I was like, no way. And so they were like, go look out the, the um, kitchen door. And I went and ran out the kitchen door and the golf cart was parked underneath the carport. And I was like, how did you guys get this here without me knowing? Where was it at? How, how have I not seen this? Sure. Uh, that was like the happiest <laughs> moment of my life. Um, yeah. So I treated it like it was my car. I'd, I'd go outside and I'd wash it, put some armor on the tires. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. You know, it, it's so funny as a little kid, you ask, how did you pull this off without me noticing? And in your head, you think it's like a valid question, but your parents are like, you, you go to bed at like eight o'clock. It's easy. Right. You know? <laughs> True. So it's like, dad stays home, mom goes, get, you know, like how, what, yeah. whatever it is, you know, it's, it's just so like thinking back on it, like all the stupid questions I've asked my parents when I was a little kid, like how they yeah. did something. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. At eight o'clock. That's the basic answer. To right. So. You're in bed so early. Yeah. We have the whole rest of the evening to do what we need to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But um, so just to kind of wrap everything up, where can everybody find the your music? Where can everybody find I Won't Forget to Miss You? You know, like when everything kind of releases, where's a good place for everyone to go and support you and the uh, charity song? Like, we'll start with the charity song. Where could everybody kind of go to support okay. that? Well, currently, until Friday, it is um, pre-order. So you can go to iTunes, search, um, I won't forget to miss you, or you can type in Together Country. Um, that's kind of like our collaborative um, name for the group. And uh, you can, when you type that in search, it'll pull it up. And then uh, when you click on it, it'll say pre-order, mm -hmm. click that. And then it'll, it'll automatically load into your music um, the day of the release. But, you know, something that people don't understand, it, the pre-order not only helps um, 
you know, getting as many people as we can to help support the charity and with the purchase of the song, but it also helps our um, iTunes charting, mm. you know, that's, is the more people we can get to do that and purchase the day it comes out, the higher number we are on the charts. So, um, and that way, and, and you know, with that comes, we get more radio airplay for the charity single. So um, it just kind of like, puts more light onto the charity and the single um, if we can get it further up the chart. So that's kind of the importance of pre-ordering yep. and, and purchasing the day of. Yeah. Um, and I just realized so, I had the link to uh, DistroKid where you're kind of doing the pre-order thing through. It's like, oh, let's post it in the comments. So yeah. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then, so for my music, um, it's all on iTunes, um, Spotify, um, just search my name, Brittany McLam, and you'll find it there. Um, and then, you know, my socials, um, Instagram is at Brittany McLam music. And then same thing for Facebook, search Brittany McLam music, and that will come up. And then Twitter, um, I've had it the longest. So it started, nobody had my name on Twitter. So it's at right. Brittany McLam, um, yeah. on there. So, yeah. That you brought up Twitter and the fact that you say that that's the long, the oldest of your social media is <laughs> yeah. very interesting just because I can't figure, like, I just can't commit to Twitter. I know. Like we have one, I use it sometimes, but it's just kind of like, eh. it, I, it, it, yeah. I feel the same exact way. I try so hard to stay active on there and to keep a presence but I mean gosh with especially now with I do real estate now so I have to have social media for my real estate so that now explains I have, why the real estate agent Facebook page popped up when I typed your name in yes yes like, that's new yeah. <laughs> so I have my personal Facebook I have my music Facebook I have my realtor Facebook I yeah. have my realtor you know so it's like so many things and Twitter just has never just done it for me. I don't know what it is. Um, Facebook and Insta is where I'm, I, I'm usually the most. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. But once again, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, you're welcome back anytime. Anytime you got something you want to promote, let us know. I'd love to have you back on. Um, so once again, I would just want to thank you so much. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will catch you guys later. Thank you for having me. It's yep. been a pleasure. Cool. The stream is off. Awesome. We are good.